Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. We have a special guest for you. When I tell you that this lady is a fighter, she's a fighter, um, a, a woman after my own heart. I have been uh, watching her uh, on TikTok over uh, the past couple of weeks. I was introduced to her uh, through spaces on Twitter, and let me tell you, uh, Brand. I, I mean, capital... <laughs> Every letter, capital firebrand, she is a pistol and she wants to go to bat for the American people and she wants to be in Congress. And I'm talking about Mara Macy. Mara Macy uh, is a woman who uh, really has stood for conservative principles, uh, whose husband is a whistleblower. And we're going to get into all that and more. But first, let me welcome Mara to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. And welcome, Mara. How are you this morning or afternoon? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Good. So um, we got a lot to talk about. Um, so you're, you're running for House District 5 in Florida. That's correct. Is this right? And who, who, who are you running against there? So I'm running against John Rutherford, the incumbent. This He's currently serving his third term. He is the former sheriff of Jacksonville. And he has all the backing of the establishment and has for his whole political career. I, I briefly, briefly looked into Rutherford and um, he scores extremely low as a conservative. Uh, in fact, uh, from my understanding, he scores lower than some Democrats and some circles. Yes. This is, this is, this is, these are, these are numbers. <laughs> so, it's yeah. Yeah, there, there are some Democrats that are more conservative than than John Rutherford. Yes, that's that's amazing to me. That is absolutely amazing to me. So, wh- where are the polling? Uh, what does the polls look like right now? Not that they always matter, but what what are the numbers polling at? Do we know yet? No, that and that is something that we won't likely see because the people that can afford to do the polling are not going to want to tell the general public if I'm polling high. So Mm -hmm. they're not really I I can't afford to do polling unless, you know, some independently wealthy donors that really feel like supporting a grassroots (laughs) candidate in Florida District 5. So you're not going to see them. And I, I, what I can tell you is that in 2022, when I got into the race against John Rutherford in the last, I feel it was about two and a half to three months before the primary that I, I got into that race and really started going out and meeting people and introducing myself to the public. It was the only open primary in Florida. And what I mean by that is it was the only primary where it didn't matter which party you were, you could vote in my primary because there was no other party represented in that in that particular race. So there were only Republicans. And uh, it is my understanding that the Democrats that voted in that race mostly voted for John Rutherford because, as you said, he does not have the greatest record. And I was looked at as more of an extremist right wing type of person. Isn't that the truth? So, oh, I mean, I get it a lot. I get it a lot too. Yeah. If you if you are if you are a strict adherer to the Constitution, uh, do you remember Ron Paul, Rand's dad? Of course, an amazing yeah, man. He was he was my political hero. I love Donald Trump, but I even put him above that. 
this guy's never lost a debate. He's a strict constitutionalist, and he makes people look silly when they question him. And that was the reason why I love his debate highlights. I watch them all the time. Um, but pretty much the same thing. Anyone who is a quotes the Constitution, knows it, pushes for it, understands what American exceptionalism is and pushes for that as well, all of a sudden you're a member of some kind of right-wing cult because you understand who and what we're supposed to be and how far away from that we've gone, how far away from that we've drifted. So yeah, that I is have, true. We, we've definitely gotten away from the Constitution in general. No, it just brought up a valid point that we have we've moved so far away from the Constitution that when we actually look back at what the Founding Fathers envisioned for this nation, especially the idea that we're not supposed to get involved with other nations' politics unless it's in our own national interest, and unless it's something we can completely identify as being in our own national interest, we're supposed to stay out of it. And even conservatives have moved more towards getting involved in things that we should yep. not be involved in just because we've been groomed and educated at a young age to believe that was part of our platform. And it's not. And unfortunately, we've moved away from it. You you are you're definitely um, in good company there. This was part of the reason I think that even what we were just talking about, Ron Paul said the same thing uh, and they called him an isolationist. Um, it, we we're talking about the fact that we were getting hit at home. And I think he was re referring to the events of 9-11, but he was basically stating that the reason that they hate us is not because of who we are. It's because we're there. Right. It's because we're, we're in their business. We're, 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 so we do that to the detriment of our own. We do that to the detriment of our own citizens because the billions and billions of dollars, maybe now trillions in the last maybe two or three years has gone that way uh, to foreign aid and foreign countries when, people here uh need that money we're taking domestic tax dollars and funding we're basically the world's welfare check um this too is absolutely an illegal practice but perception is power people believe that if this is what they say is supposed to happen then it just must and anyone who questions that they they try to make you look funny for doing so like you're an extremist now i do have a question for you about your husband so uh, Ted Macy uh, is, is a whistleblower, and, and he's uh, in the Navy, and he works for what is this? The DMD, DMED, the Smith. Defense Medical. Excuse me, you you tell it. You tell it better than me. <laughs> well, DMED, which is mm -hmm. Defense Medical Epidemiology Database, is like the equivalent to VAERS, but for the military. So he's a health administrator. He works in a in a typical medical setting um, as an administrative officer. And what DMED is, is it's a database in which any diagnosis for an active duty uh, military service member is put into the system and it records actual diagnoses for the, the active duty component. So you are seeing real information, real data mm -hmm. that is you can't. I know with VAERS, they often say, oh, well, people are allowed to just just go into VAERS and add in their own, and then maybe it's accepted and they'll include it. You can't do that with DMED. DMED is all from the from the doctors, from the medical systems, and it is all things that were actually put into the system by those people. So hmm. it isn't it isn't something that you can tamper with as an outside source. He is literally just he was pulling numbers from that database and he was sharing them with Senator Ron Johnson's office along with the general public. Uh, 
because we're just, nothing is happening. There is no movement and people are coming to him in confidence saying, I don't feel comfortable talking to my command about it, um, but I'm having these health issues and they're telling me they don't know what's causing them. But the one thing they're telling me is that they know it's not the shot. So he's getting a lot of people coming to him. How do you, how do you know it's not the shot if you don't know what it is? So there is, um, there is a lot of distrust in the service right now. And with good reason, I think, I think a lot of things have come to light, but this is just another one of them to know that, they're not actually looking into their own database, their own medical database and trying to find a solution to why so many percentages have increased of individual visits to the medical. So this is something that needs to be clarified too, because I've seen this all over the internet, people who want to debunk what my husband is saying, they'll say, these are ambulatory cases that um, it, it, you're trying to pass them off as new cases, as in each one is an individually new person. That is not the case. What he is doing is taking the number of people that went to the doctor, not the number of people, the number of incidences that went to the doctor. So say in the years 2016 to 2021, or actually 2020, in those years, if there were five cases of myocarditis, and I'm just throwing out a low number just to make a point. Sure they could have all been the same five people or they could have been five different people or they could have all been the same one person. So with five incidents, taking yeah. the numbers, it's just five incidences. He's not implying that it's five different people. It could be the same one or it could be five different people. And the sure. increase say it goes to 15 people in 2022, same thing. It could be the same one person or it could be 15 different people. The point is that the amount it's happening, the amount of incidences that are occurring is increasing. And in some instances by hundreds of percentages. Mm -hmm. So now are you familiar with the Horowitz study? I don't know. Enlighten me and maybe, maybe it'll ring a bell. So the Horowitz study uh, basically says that Males 18 to 39 have over a 90, like 95% uh, chance, like risk at, you know, having myocarditis uh, actually occur in them. Now, this is a medical study, but when you bring it up to people who are pro-vaccine, they, they talk around the issue or they, they basically just kind of dismiss uh, the study altogether. But it's, it's, a, it's a proven study. I think it was done with uh, Cambridge Medical um, it's, it's just a, a conglomerate of different uh, different people. And uh, Bongino has quoted this study. Many other people have quoted this study, but mainstream media doesn't want to talk about this. And the main reason why is because of, because of the pharmaceutical lobby. Right. If you start going at Pfizer and Moderna and the rest of them, uh, your advertising dollars are going to dwindle. If Fox News as well. I mean, every single one of them are all going to fall under this category. They're not. They're not going to want to tell you the absolute truth. Now, now uh, I'm going to quote you here or par paraphrase a quote from you. And this is like I said to you before. This is something that I've said too. I have definitely said this. Now you're quoted as saying that people who work across the aisle right now are tantamount to those who negotiate with terrorists. Now, are you Democrat or are you American? That's essentially uh, uh, w what this is essentially saying, which is true. 
it is true. We used to be two different political parties, maybe two different ideologies. We, the, the, the appearance when I was growing up was that we all wanted the same thing. We just had different ways of trying to achieve it. As we got older and a little wiser, uh, we started to see that really wasn't the case. This is if people like AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Hakeem Jeffries, Cory Booker all belong to the DSA. They go to pro Hamas rallies. They stand in solidarity with a designated terrorist group. Like literally, this is not a figure of speech. This is not a conspiracy. This happened in New York Post went and actually filmed these events and put on by the DSA. And they're all members. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And we can point to several cases in that. I'm not wrong in saying it. I can point to several cases of it. Now, why is it that you believe that well, first of all, let me ask, is there a code of conduct or honor that has to be uh, followed when you are an elected official as Congress or anything like that, like calling for the genocide of an entire race of people? Wouldn't or shouldn't that be enough to get you expelled from office? Yeah, it seems it seems like it should. And I guess I can see this from a couple different perspectives. And Thomas Massey um, I, I at one point I really did have a huge deal of respect for him. He's kind of knocked it's knocked down a little bit due to a couple of personal issues and a couple of things that I see differently than than he sees. I I am a full supporter of free speech. So I do believe that at the end of the day, if we had free and fair elections, the people responsible for you being in office should really be your constituents, unless you have done something so egregious as, as to, to be removed. Um, the thing we do expect conduct from people, but at the end of the day, if our elections were running the way that we would hope that they run, or we have always believed they run, it really should be your constituents to say, you need to be removed from office. And I say that because that's what the whole point of representing people is. So if you're, if the people you represent, if the people that are voting for you believe some crazy stuff, like I remember when Marjorie Taylor Greene was running and everybody was talking about um, how she was a follower of QAnon. Now, I don't follow her. I don't know where she stands on that. I, um, I, find, it, I find her to be a little loud and in terms of getting stuff done that I've liked to have seen her get done, not so much there, not so much substance. So I try to avoid... Um, really paying much attention if you're not going to do that, if you're put up or shut up, essentially. But if people are, if her constituents are QAnon supporters or, or Q, I, I don't know, I've been told it's either or, I don't know what the difference is. Um, <laughs> but if that's who they are, they have a right as Americans to have their voice heard and, and represented in government. Now, again, mm. if it's something out of, if, if it's so far out there that even they are surprised by it, then yes, they should absolutely, people should be removed. That's, that, that's what I call calling for the genocide of an, an entire race of people, though. Oh, uh, no, 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 again, again, no. I'm, you're, you're referring specifically to those squad members. No, I get Correct. that, and, and I, I see where you're going with it. Um, when you actually call for it, <laughs> when you call for violence, I'm pretty sure that's criminal at that point. You, you really can't be calling for genocide. No, you, you got that one right.
So, uh, and, and let me ask you this as well, because we've seen the Democratic Party change so much, become so radical, and we see the right uh, people, rhinos, they're, they're in an abundance. Uh, even the ones that you don't think are establishment, they really are. And they put on a very good show, and mm-hmm. then what they do is something altogether different. We both know this. Right. Um, would you advocate for splitting the party would you advocate for if the democrats want to be seen as more uh center left uh would you advocate for them to get away from the socialist marxist crowd so we can actually have a conversation or and would you advocate for the ones on the right to say uh we're not establishment we are staunch americans constitutionalist conservatives and you're not and split from there because this morning uh, there was a big deal about it on the news about the fact that Trump wouldn't sign a pledge to overthrow the government. Like, I know how they like to make it seem bigger than what it really is, but what I'm essentially assuming that is is that Trump will not pledge not to run uh, independently if he is not the nominee. Yeah, so again, I think we need to look at our founding fathers, and they were not for Parties. That is huge in terms of what we have done. Wouldn't it be nice? In, it would. It would, it be, would nice be nice if we could just stand. Then on, I could just on judge you on your merits. Then yeah. I could just basically vote for you based on your merit. What have you done? What policies have you put forward? Do I agree or disagree with you as a person? But as long as this good old boy Crips and blood style of politics is going on, it's very hard because I can't like you if you're for that guy. And I know who that guy is and you're part of the same club. So really, a lot of them get shot in the foot and don't even realize it. So I, th- I think the biggest problem here is that it's our fault as the voters. We've been apathetic and we've most certainly been complacent. You see the people who think yeah. that they are very in the know about what goes on with politics, but really they just, they're, they're basically just scratching the surface. They go to the booth and they see the L or the R and, and, um, or they I just mean, vote really right down say. the line. I really should say dear R, but I always think I always think liberal and, and conservative, so I kind of just combine the two. But moral of the story here is we can't the reason we can't move forward from parties is because the parties are the ones that have all the power and control and money right now. So in order to be able to get away from parties, the people would have to reclaim their own power. And a lot of people aren't doing that type of education and understanding how politics works in order to be able to do it. So we are kind of stuck in a system that we can't get out of until our people stop being complacent. That That's right. And, and just like the Bible verse says, we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And that's really what it is. We are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We have people that are uh, they assume they know they are swept up in the hubbub. They start espousing what they believe to be facts or they jump into a group. And the reality of it is, is that group is not at all like what they assume that it is. Like, for instance, there was, there's several tweets and things. I, I'm, I'm on social media and the news all day long, every day. I see someone down there in a college campus drawing on the ground and chalk from the river to the sea. Can't name what river can't name what C doesn't know what the hell they're out there espousing, what they're standing for, what they're protesting for. They have no clue. They're just 
part of the crowd. They go along to get along. This is what's in style. This is what we're doing right now. I don't question it. I just join in what everyone else is doing. And this is what I see happening on the left all the time. There are no free thinkers, no free thinkers. And on the right, we just get played. We got a bunch of people that are wolves in sheep's clothing and you don't know who they really are. Let me ask you, who do you think are the worst offenders of that on the right? I mean, who would we be surprised? Who, who surprises Mara Macy at who was the one that you thought was this way and was really that way. And it just shocked you. I, I think that the biggest shock is probably the fact that I don't trust any of them. And I have some that <laughs> I like, I have some that I like right now, but ask me again tomorrow. So, gotcha. and I shouldn't even say some, like I said earlier, I really had a lot of respect for Thomas Massey. If you had you asked me that two years ago, three years ago, Thomas Massey was at the top of that list. I really, as soon as he played into the whole voting for Kevin McCarthy thing last year, that was, that was the beginning of me saying, Oh, he's just another one who wants to play by the rules. He's not looking to, to advance the way our government works. And of course, on the inside, they're all thinking, well, you people don't understand. Well, you know what? We should understand. This is our government. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be you holding all the knowledge and us just, just playing along with your game or, or backing you up when we don't really know what sure. we're backing up. So anybody willing to play by the rules? And I, I just recently, I think we were talking about George Santos and George Santos had, um, he's come out and said some things since being expelled, like, okay, well, I'm going to expose all of you. Well, you know what, George Santos, as much respect as I have for that, you should have been exposing people while you were in office. Exactly Are you right. going to get stuff done? No, maybe not. And and um, are you going to get reelected? No, maybe not. But that's what we need right now in government is transparency. So right now, in terms of Congress, I really do have a lot of respect at the moment for Eli Crane. Uh, Eli Crane has said some things uh, publicly uh, on Twitter, particularly he, someone called him out for back, having backed him with big money. And they said, and then Eli did something against that particular, you know, special interest group lobbyist. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was. And he, he's, th what they said was with friends like this, who needs enemies? And Eli said, you and I clearly have a different definition of friends. So Eli Crane is on the list of, of the good guys right now, but I think some of the people that we all, I think a lot of people point to Matt Gates to say that Matt Gates, um, look what he did for us. And I do have respect for the fact that he, he did uh, call for that motion to vacate that, that took a lot. And then he put himself on the line for that. But at the same time, Matt Gates, I think it's more historic than what it, and more historic than what anyone else gives him credit for. And and the and that was the moment for me that highlighted the difference between true conservatives, staunch conservatives, people willing to do the right thing in the face of un, unsurmountable pressure, or seemingly so. Um, eight people stood up to do what was right and held Kevin McCarthy to his word. And you heard all, and then it was really easy to tell who the establishment people were at that point. Because all the people that you thought would have voted with him, when you looked at that list, there were some people that just broke my heart not to see their name. I, th I thought, you know, I personally, I thought I can name some of those people on that eight. I couldn't. I couldn't. Matt Gates would have been about the only one that I would have guessed. The, the rest of the people that I expected to be there weren't. None of them. 
None of them. And that's and it's really sad. It's really sad. And I know, I know, uh, what, what did, what did Matt say in an interview, uh, later, uh, probably like the next day? I said, we're, we're, this is politics. We're not pitching underhand. So, <laughs> and, and it's very true. You know, there were some skirmishes in the back office area behind all that, behind closed doors. <laughs> we all heard the rumors. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely, it counts to his favor because I get scared beyond Trump. Beyond, I, I believe wholeheartedly he will be the next president of the United States. I know they're going to do every damn thing in their power to stop it, but we we need to start thinking beyond Trump. And I, I think that the establishment wanted the guy in your state to be that guy. And here's the thing. He shot himself in the foot. And speaking about Ron DeSantis, for those who don't understand the cryptic reference, um, he shot himself in the foot. He could have been the vice president for four years and probably gone on to run the country for eight. Right? It was, it's a good probability because a DeSantis Trump ticket would have been unstoppable. He was in the news. He was pushing for all the right things, saying all the right things, standing up against all the right people's. Seemingly, he looked like that guy. But there are those of us out here that believe in loyalty. And I can tell who you are by what you do not by what you say and the way that he went about that and now the thing that you hear him saying about trump when he said the opposite before and you look here's the, the kicker for me is when you look at his donor list you know who he is Follow the you know exactly yeah. who he is so wait, what do you have to say about this guy you're closer to that than i am can you clue me in on anything that i might not know Sure. I mean, you talk about loyalty. I know you refer to loyalty to Trump, but let's be honest, the the initial loyalty comes to his constituents, to the people that voted for him That's this correct. past cycle. And it was funny because when they were doing the debate, Charlie Chris and, and Ron DeSantis, Chris called him out. He called him out and said, you're going to run for president. Why did a Democrat already have the information about what Ron DeSantis was going to do before his own constituents did, before his own voters, his own supporters, the people that I know that worked very hard knocking doors for him, doing the work for him on the ground. And on top of that, yeah, running if he had been chosen as the VP, it would have avoided a whole debacle about the law that was changed in order for Ron DeSantis to run, which was the, the resign to run law, which is still intact for everybody except for Ron DeSantis. Now, that is a move that I don't think any conservative should be supporting. We do not change laws to benefit ourselves. That is not the correct way to go about government. You don't, you don't get to make something for your own benefit and then expect that people should blindly support it. So I have a huge problem mm -hmm. with that. But I also see a lot of the things that were building up to that instance, such as endorsements that he was giving and appointments. And I see his intertwined uh, movement with the the establishment here in Florida, I am deeply involved. They are not a fan of mine. You will see that there are things they will do intentionally just to not bring any attention to me. And if they do bring attention to me, it's going forward, that is. It is not going to be positive attention to me. Now, this is my own party. And the reason that they're going to do that is because they don't care if I'm more conservative, if my values align more with our, our alleged platform. Sure. What they know is that I'm an outsider who's challenging their power and they don't like it. They don't like the fact that I will not ask for permission to run. That 
as another thing. I, I was told when I decided to run in 2022, I was told, uh, well, did you talk to the, the GOP chair in your county? <laughs> Absolutely not. I do, I'm an American. I do not need permission. I have been you didn't get his, traveling. You didn't get his blessing and, I, and kiss his ring? How dare no, you not kiss his ring? I never would have. <laughs> Crazy. I don't kiss rings. I don't kiss any rings. That's the thing. So, so no, I have seen, and I, I knew, I knew uh, fairly early on, earlier than most, that Ron DeSantis was kind of turning, and um, it was, it was very disheartening for a lot of us. It was sad and um, disappointing. But you just have to say Kesara, and you got to move on. You're either with us, or we're going to no. fight you. So, yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, I. I was, I was, like I say, I was very disheartened um, to see it, it go that way. I was, you know, I had little thing on my desk at work as said, you know, Trump DeSantis 24. I was trying to speak it into existence yeah. and then I threw it in the trash. I couldn't believe, um, oh, no. I, I couldn't sorry. believe what he did. It's, it's, it sucks when you, when you. You know, but from an outsider's perspective, from the outside looking in, you, you you imagine that in the background that some deep state individual goes to Ron through a back channel. They have a conversation about essentially trying to make sure Trump doesn't gain power. I assume this is what happened. I don't know. It's all, you know, conjecture. But I assume this is why he tried to run against Trump instead of trying to be, be the second chair. That's that's my assumption. And when you look at his donor list, um, that's why I say that, because you, you got the Coke, Coke Industries in there. So you got the Coke brothers or brother now. Um, so you, when you when you see those types of donors, you cringe because you know what they stand for. You know who they are. Right. Now, let, let's go on to say so you're a mother, correct? I am four times over. So. So, okay, so it, it, as well as me, I, I got a couple of daughters. I got a grandson. I'm very involved with the school locally, uh, as I tell people all the time. Don't just be an armchair Republican or someone like that. Just go out and get involved in your community. Do something uh, about it. You know, find out who your representatives are. First of all, if you can't name who your congressman, senator, city councilman are, if you don't know who's on your school board, you but you care, I question whether or not you're doing the work as, as, as a citizen, you have a certain amount of responsibility as well. And most of us are uninformed um, as a people. And then we, we come in at the 11th hour and think we know enough to make a good decision. Well, in fact, it's our irresponsibility that has led us to the point that we're at right now in history. Our school boards by and large are receiving money from China. I've done several stories on this situation. I worked with the Epic Times on, on a situation about this particular thing um, that we did a, a report on together. And uh, Nat Hong and, and, and myself, uh, where China was funding not just like MIT, um, MIT, uh, the uh, University of Champaign in, in Illinois, um, in UC Berkeley as well. Upwards of $30 million they received uh, from China, as well as local school boards for elementary schools in the Midwest. In one case, the entire, uh, the entire school board was uh, fired by a superintendent because when he came in and found out what they did, he fired them. And I thought, wow, here's a guy that's really pushing for all the right things. Why aren't there more people? Why aren't these universities being made or taken to task about why they're taking Chinese money? 
and what are they doing in, in, you know, for that money on the other side? So this is why I asked if you're a mother. We see that there's pornography in, our, in, the, in the school libraries. Genderqueer and other books like this are being pushed. I couldn't believe they were actually arguing for it. I can't believe that there is even an argument for it. Um, I don't even entertain the conversation when people talk like this. I literally become the biggest bully on the block because I just dismiss them. I bowl right over them because it's kind of like you, you know, you don't matter. It's like arguing with them would be tantamount to getting kicked in the shin by a toddler and taking it seriously. Like they have problems. And <laughs> as you can tell, we're a lot alike in that regard. What's yes. your take on this? How do we go about fixing this? Well, I think, again, that comes down to education. So um, a lot of those people don't know what genderqueer is. They don't know what a court of mist and fury is. They haven't seen the books that are on the shelves or have been on the shelves or have been removed from the shelves. Uh, they haven't actually done their due diligence when they hear stuff like they're taking, they're banning books. First of all, we all know no books are banned. That's you can go true. buy them at Barnes and Noble or, or wherever you want. If you want your child to read that material. Uh, the other thing I, I think that they don't realize is it's not to kill a mockingbird. It is not gone with the wind. Those are not the things that, that conservative states are removing from shelves. It is pornography. I've seen, I've held genderqueer in my hands and I've looked at it and, and uh, I mean, while I can laugh at it because I'm an adult because it's nonsense, it's, this is, this is really someone made a book out of this. This is real, but it is indoctrination at its finest. I mean, mm -hmm. this is where the progressive movement has led us, but I just want to take this moment to point out that in 2020, in Los Angeles, they did remove To Kill a Mockingbird. They did remove Gone with the Wind. They removed classics, Mark Twain. They removed classics because they said there was racism in there. Of course there is. It's historic. We It was supposed to highlight the racism. Past. Especially it, to, the kill whole point. Like, to Kill a Mockingbird. Exactly. But no, the racism part that they're actually um, against was the white hero. The white hero, because why? Oh, the white person gets to Atticus Fitch, right? He gets to be he gets to be the the hero in the end of the story because he was fighting for the the black man, and you you can't you can't complain on the one hand that conservatives are banning books, and then on the other hand, it's actually happening in California, and then put those two things together. So Gavin Newsom actually was in this article. I think it was a Newsweek article where it's showing him with this pile of classics saying, why are conservative states so afraid of these books? And it's like, sir, that happened in your state, not mine. So, so get with the program. And that's one thing I can give Ron DeSantis credit on is the fact that these things that are happening in our schools, he has been very uh, hardworking towards making sure that we have laws on the books that are, um, that are protecting yeah. our children from pornography in schools. And for that sure. is absolutely something our school should be doing. And, 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 and you got to give him credit for that. Like I said, you, you do. Um, and the way he went at Disney and, uh, you know, I think they tried to come at him when they call that the don't say gay bill. And they tried to, they tried to reframe it. it. Yeah. They tried to reframe it. And uh, I just love the way that he handled himself, uh, you know, during those types of, uh, during those types of encounters. And uh, luckily they got it on film because I think more people should act like that for the same reason. But, uh, you know, it, 
we'll, we'll see where, where it goes to from here. I, I think that um, he's done a lot of good things as, as governor. I, I, I'm not just going to hate on him, and, but you know, we all know why I feel why I feel right now, why many people were disenfranchised. Um, and I think that hopefully he has enough humility to see that at some point and, and, and get with the program. Now, um, where do you fall on women's sports, men and men and women's sports, the whole transgender thing we've seen uh, now would have been, uh, and because I had I'd forgotten one uh, at the Uvalde incident, but there have been, and within the last year and a half, four separate school shootings, four separate ones, or four separate shootings. One of them wasn't a school shooting. So four separate shootings, mass shootings, all perpetrated by people People with the last one we assume was uh, a member of the transgender community. The social media was scrubbed immediately, but this is essentially, this is what they think. And they withheld the Nashville uh, manifesto for some time. But this community is less than 1% of the population of the United States, yet these numbers are crazy. How many people from this community have to strike out, threaten violence, and actually commit violence before people understand there's a problem? Where do you fall on this issue? So that, that's a whole lot of information you just put out there. Um, there's a lot there. In terms of, um, I think we're really going at men in women's sports to, to start off here. Yep. It's not really as much of a problem when women are competing in men's sports. I know that you know, growing up, sometimes girls want to play football or they want to do wrestling. Uh, those things are just, there's no girls team. There's no There's no interest in having, there's not enough interest in having those teams formed. So yeah, sometimes girls want to play with the boys and, and have at it. They've done it. No, they generally don't succeed at, at the levels that another male would. But when we're talking about men and women's sports, that is, it's, it's unacceptable. I will be honest. I know there was a field hockey clip from Massachusetts that was going around about a, a, a male on the female's team where I, apparently the ball hit the girl's face or teeth were knocked out. I, I actually played field hockey in Massachusetts growing up 25 years ago. And we did play against boys on a rare occasion because there is no boys field hockey team. Now there is a difference between a boy playing on the team because he wants to play field hockey, which is largely a male sport in other countries across the oceans. Uh, however, I don't, I'm not sure whether this was a, a male that thinks he's a female that that's a whole different ball game. Like when men want to pretend they're women it's an insult to women. That's We're not point. something to be mocked. We are designed as we are by God, and we are supposed to be different than men. And men are supposed to be different than women. It's just the way it goes. But um, in terms of in terms of men and women's sports, when there is a perfectly great alternative, which is men playing men in those sports, that's where they should be. As far as the mental health goes, I don't know that half of these people really are transgender. What I do know is that our government profits or benefits even both profits and benefits off of creating division between us as a civilization. So when one plan isn't working out anymore, when, when the men versus women jig was up and then it became a racist agenda. And, and when those things start to work themselves out, they have to do something else to stir the pot, to re-incite the hatred between races, sure. between genders. Yeah. And now they've added in knowing that those things are probably on a, on a timeline that's going to end sooner rather than later. I think that's why they've brought so many gender and 
sexual orientation uh, issues up because they want to create those problems between us so that we don't have mm -hmm. common ground. We don't have to agree on everything, but I think we can agree that we should treat each other with respect. And they exactly. don't want us to do that because they don't benefit and they don't profit if we are all getting along. Because once we all get along, we see who the enemy is and it's not each other. It's well, if we all got along, they'd have to run on policy, wouldn't they? They'd have to run on what yeah. they're actually going to do. They'd have to, they'd have to actually stand for something. And I say it all the time. The left has no standard. The only standard that they have is that they have no standard. If you have a standard, they won't stand for it. That's literally the left. They, they, they back everything from radical Islam to the LGBTQ community. Half of their constituents can't be in the same room together. They kill each other. They have no value system and it's whichever, which way the wind blows. Um, the Claudine Gay. Uh, situation at Harvard, the openly anti-Semitic statements that were made where she couldn't just go on and condemn uh, some of the things that were going on at uh, at Harvard. She just couldn't say calling for the genocide of an entire race of people was against uh, Harvard's code of conduct. And and now that, uh, you know, she had been found to have plagiarized multiple times, she loses her job. Well, and then all of a sudden, right after she resigns her position, it became less about what she actually did and didn't do by not condemning the anti-Semitic behavior or anti-Semitic uh, sentiment. And uh, then the fact that she plagiarized became a non-issue. And then it became all about her being a black woman. Uh, DEI is destroying our country. DEI is destroy. I mean, I felt as though the last systemic racist policy we had was the college admissions. And when we said, you have to get in based on your merit, not the color of your skin or the nature of your genitalia. I thought that was a great thing. That means you had to earn your way and there in people that deserved it, got the shot. That's the way it's supposed to be. They immediately came out a Biden administration, uh, somebody in the Biden administration, Erica Marshall put out a tweet that said it's unfair because black people can't commit. Uh, black people can't compete in a merit based system absolutely 100% racist at the same time. So all this DEI way that they're looking at things really doesn't help these, uh, these individuals or, or these, these people, they, they don't understand um, that they're just being manipulated and used. That's the way I see it. I mean, what's your take on DEI? I, if we go historically back to when I was in high school, that was 25 years ago, um, that's actually when I graduated, but you know, 25 to 30 years ago, when I first learned of affirmative action, I was like, that is racist. I, and I went to a very, very, I went to a public, but very small school system. And we had huge amounts of diversity within our school system. We had all sorts of religion, all different races, and we all just got along. Like it, nobody really, yeah, we disliked some people, but Th those were personal, you know, those are just, I don't like you. It wasn't, I don't like you because yeah. you're Muslim or I don't like you because you're Chinese. It was literally just, I don't like you as a person. I don't know anybody who mm -hmm. didn't get along based on one of those factors of one of those biological issues that you can't change. Right. So I, <laughs> DEI and, and SEL, these are, they're, they're things that are being implemented into our educational systems in order to keep, like I was just saying, to keep people divided and to groom them into thinking a certain 
indoctrinate them into thinking a certain way. And um, whether it be white guilt, which is a very, very real thing. I see it all the time. (laughs) I have none, by the way. I have none, by the way. And I tell people all the time, the truth is the same coming out of your mouth as it is mine. I will speak on every single issue. I don't play the identity politic game. Um, I, I talk about the numbers in the black community, about black fathers being in the home and all that. I grew up in Baltimore City. I grew up right next door to the project, like literally. And I saw up close and personal exactly what it's like to live in those communities. It was hell trying to get out of it myself. But being so that, you know, I, I never experienced this uh, white privilege that they talk about. I have, I've never seen it. Um, I've never, I've never experienced it ever in my entire life. I've had to fight for everything that I've ever gotten. Um, and, and I just, you know, when somebody tells me I can't do something, I try harder this, but I, and I blame no one for what I have or what I don't have. Have you noticed the ever alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation. From Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries, this will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. But the accountability is missing here. The, the, in, in they're perpetuating it when, when they right. tell them that it's, uh, it's not your fault. It's some faceless, nameless person off in the ether that's preventing you from being all that you could be. Um, and, and whoever he is, we know he's white. And that's just, that's, it's, and, and we as a people, as white folks, well, I say white. I'm, I'm literally Nate. Mom's German and Irish. My dad is like a big native dude. I mean, I got a lot of family still on the reservation. But since people see the blonde hair, I just go with it. White. And, uh, you know, we, we don't. It, it's very hard for me to try to relate to people. My life experience, the things that I've been through and why I feel the way that I do about things, because I didn't have the easiest time coming up. And as a result, it's made me very hard. Uh, when they say, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, I've had to do that multiple, multiple times. And, you know, I know for a fact uh, that when people do apply themselves that sense of accomplishment, I know exactly what it's like to be on the other side of it. And anyone who's ever worked at something to its, to its conclusion will feel the same way. These Democrats are putting batteries in the backs of these people by telling them they're victims. And then they go out and they do exactly what we see happening. Mobs running into stores, doing smash and grabs. The mayor of Chicago saying, don't call them thugs. They're thugs. And then, you know, Antifa, for all of their antics, uh, 
it's just, you know, and, and people being unwilling to call them out as a domestic terrorist group. They tried to burn down churches. They uh, firebombed a federal courthouse, uh, not to mention the CHOP zone or CHAZ zone or whatever it was um, that was up in the Northwest. And it, it's amazing to me that I see all those things as insurrection. But they're unwilling to tell the truth about J6ers. And they caused it. I believe the Democrats caused it by that battery that they put in their back. Speak to this, please. I know this is going to be a fight that you're going to take up. I, uh, I'm i a little, we're going to go back to the word disheartened, but with Speaker Johnson has, having said that he was going to release the J6 tapes. And uh, he obviously did not do that. So there is a lot to be learned there. And we need to reopen those investigations. And we actually need to have an investigation rather than a Hollywood production. This is not... They hired a producer. This is not a... (laughs) Exactly. This really needs to be exposed for what it is. Now, obviously, we speculate things. I think you and I probably speculate some of the the same things around surrounding J6. I said Mm -hmm. the day of it, I remember being in car line to pick up my children from school, and I, I said... This, to me, sounds like something they're doing to warn the American people not to exercise their rights when the time does come that we need to exercise our rights. This is mm-hmm. how they take power away. But in, in terms of BLM and Antifa and that whole thing, you're 100% right when you talk about they're, they're giving them a, a, the, the minority communities or um, Women, anybody back to the LGBTQ, LMNOP, all that jazz community, they're giving them a victim mentality because that's how they say we're the party that is going to represent you. These other people actually expect you to to do stuff based on merit, but that's because they're racist or they're misogynist or they're homophobic or they're transphobic. You know, they do it so that they can maintain that leash on those people. But the problem with that is it is starting to backfire. A lot of these people are starting to catch on to, wait a minute, you've been telling Mm -hmm. us for 50 or 60 years that you're the party that's going to help us reach equality, but yet somehow we're still not equal. People are waking up to it. But I honestly believe that some of the people that are not waking up to it are not waking up to it because they don't want to. And this, this goes for all communities, not just minority communities, or that's you know, right. And, and when I it's say a minority, cultural thing. I'm, right, cultural I'm referring thing. to everybody. I'm not referring to just just uh, the color of your skin or your mm-hmm. ethnicity. I'm talking about women. I'm talking about sexual orientation. When I say minorities, that's what I'm talking about. They people and actually, I should just say everybody. I'm going to come right out and say everybody. People do not want to take away things, even if they know it's wrong. They don't want to take away things that benefit themselves. It's the same as not wanting to do the work and figuring out who your politicians are. So I will know people, or we all know people, Trump included, who says, well, I didn't do anything wrong on my taxes. You've written the tax law. What he said to Hillary Clinton, you know what's in those tax laws, and you know why I benefit from them. You don't like it, change the laws. Your your donors do too, he said. Yeah, it was a mic drop moment because he didn't, didn't, they they expected that question to back him into a corner and him not to have an answer for it. But when he just owned it, they just didn't know where to go from there. It was a, it was a great moment. It was a great, it but was that's a great why, clip. 
yeah, we need to start owning the things that are wrong in our society and in our government, even if we currently benefit from them. If it's something that we know deep down inside that we should not, we, we should not be benefiting from, then we need to speak out, even if it takes away something good that we have right now, because that is how it works. Charity starts at home. We don't want the government to tell us how to be charitable. So you know what? Start being honest and having integrity yourself and say, you know what? I don't deserve this. And I need to start speaking out that I don't deserve this. And I mean, I, I took it. I took an extreme there in terms of tax law. That, that's that's so sure. complicated as is, which which is a whole other topic that we can go into some other time. But <laughs> the fact is, we need to say, listen, can I do this? Is it legal? Yes. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, is it moral? If, if the answer to that is no, then we need to look in the mirror and we need to change things so that things reflect the way that we want to be treated by others and how how we should be treating them. So people will That's often right. act on what they're allowed to do rather than what they know they should do. Right. And then use that as the excuse. It, it, it's it, it happens quite a bit. I mean, we used to have a, a, a law when I was growing up called a bystander law. And bystander law stated if I was walking down the street and I saw you in trouble, I had to try to provide assistance or at least get you help. And if I didn't, um, I was charged as part of the crime. I mean, it, the, the the intention behind that was was a very, I believe, to be a very good law. Um, but, you know, people want to bury their head in the sand now and, and not get involved. I mean, most of the things that we see now on the Internet are because someone's got their phone and recording it instead of helping like they should be and uh it's it's sad it's very sad to our police too our our if you look at the the a lot of police cars throughout different states they say protect and serve the the problem with that is it's been ruled that they don't have to protect you so so who are we kidding at this point and again don't get me wrong i come from a huge family of cops but both my yeah. grandfathers were cops. I have three uncles that are cops, cousins that are cops. I love them all. The fact is we have lowered our standards on how to behave with integrity in this society. And it's really biting us. I've had a police officer locally here where I'm at as part of a Bible study group that I'm involved in. Um, literally just come right out and say point blank. That's why they took it off of our cars. We don't have it on our cars out here. It's not. It's not listed on any of the cars here in the uh, in the area of Nevada where I live. They said it's not. It's not applicable anymore. So they They're removed right. it. So um, right. let let me let me ask you a um, little funny thing here. Did you happen to see any seven to ten foot aliens in the Florida area? <laughs> I know you know well, unless you've been under a rock about the uh the incident with all the police officers showing up for what was supposed to be teenagers fighting and this sort of thing there what do you know about that what was really going on the only thing i know because i believe that was miami which is which is quite stuff for me Um, yeah yeah yeah. i i i heard from a meme online so it's got to be true that joe biden was excited he's trying to get some registration going down there so <laughs> soon enough, we're not just going to have illegal immigrants voting. We're going to have a le- we're or not illegal aliens voting. We're going to have just well, actual aliens, aliens, actual voting. aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, you know, me and Zoe, your husband is so involved with this, uh, this whole incident uh, with, with reporting 
the the uh, the the effect of what the vaccine or are these just things in general that happen incidents that go on in general and then you you can look at that and kind of you know try to figure out what may have caused what and that's the increases in incidence of myocarditis or whatever it is uh, should be enough for you say you say for people to maybe take a second look at this in my family my wife is in the medical field. Um, I work for a very large contracting firm. Um, she went and, and under the emergency use authorization, went and got the, the, uh, the vaccine. I was, I was the one on the side saying, quit. I don't care. Don't, don't do it. I, I would never do it. I don't understand why you're doing it. Um, I'm all the way up to the Walgreens. I went in the Walgreens with her. Literally. I'm in there. Everyone's around the, the pharmacist looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm telling people they shouldn't get it. And I'm in the Walgreens saying it. Well, you know, I, I, I felt kind of bad because I, I know I was right, but I didn't want to, I, I didn't, you know, what happened was very, very sad. She went deaf in her right ear completely. And um, now she has to have wear a hearing aid. And uh, the, because the, Vaccine was ish, uh, given to her under the emergency use authorization. The insurance company is unwilling to pay for the cochlear implant uh, for the hearing aid that would truly help her to restore more of her hearing uh, capability. And this is due to the vaccine. So um, I happen to know firsthand there are several hospitals that also uh, make some doctors sign the NDAs uh, when it comes to treating people with vaccine injuries because they don't want this talked about. They don't want it talked about. I've talked to Dr. Scott Jensen. I've talked to uh, multiple doctors that all have the same exact outlook on it. And you saw how they, sh they, they shut up. Terry Mullis, Peter McCullough, Christine Northrup. It seemed like anyone that spoke out was immediately silenced, which was my big warning sign. I'm not, I'm not doing You're You're, you're forcing a vaccine through that. How long have you worked on this thing? I mean, I had other reservations. Why? I didn't know what would happen, but I just knew it's like too soon. I'm good. I mean, is yeah. this 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 is what this is what's really going on? And uh, we need people in there to remove, uh, get people out of there, or at least get legislation moving forward to remove this vaccine to 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 completely remove it and allow for. And 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 I ask it as as a. Uh, more of a selfish thing, but situations like my family and what we're going through to be able to remedy that, to be able to hold someone accountable because she can't sue the vaccine company. She's not allowed to, she can't sue Walgreens. She can't sue the government. She can't, we're left holding the bag. And, and that, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be. And it, it, it's sad, but, you know, we don't really have a voice. I mean, Rand Paul and a few others, but it's a very small amount of people that are actually that are actually talking about this. Um, and look at the ramifications your husband has had uh, for you know it's speaking out himself. How do we get around that? I mean, what 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 are the probabilities in the next year or so, uh, maybe after this election, that we'll actually see some action? I, I would love to tell you that we would see some action. And I, I also want to say I'm so sorry to hear that your wife is going through that. Actually, there is someone that works with my husband who started having tinnitus after 
receiving the shot and eventually he did lose hearing and he he um he says the same thing that you're as your wife he believes it was caused by the shot and i he he has hearing aids now and he was completely healthy beforehand and that's only one instance of someone who has come to my husband with their problem I just, when you said that that's something your wife was going through, I wanted to let you know that she's definitely not the only one that's going through that that same side effect. So I, I did want to point that out for you. Now, what the problem is, and I know we started this whole conversation off with this, but it's money comes on a leash. We have to follow the money. And I, you would be hard pressed to find uh, people in Congress that do not have money on those pharmaceutical leashes. We will not see change. We will not get accountability until we have people that do not owe those people the favors back that they owe them. They, we, they're not going to go after their money source. They're not. You, we need to elect people that are against the these big, even when it comes to the uh, military industrial complex and Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, when you see these people contributing, getting, getting money from those people or from those, those groups, you know, they're not going to write meaningful legislation against them. They're not going to do it. They're not going to have investigations into these things until we change the people that represent us to actually represent us. We won't see well, those things. I can promise you that I will push for them. I can promise you that I will be loud about it. But just like we see people go out and put out bills and they say, I can't get any support from my, my colleagues, which could be one of two things. It's either grandstanding where they know they won't get support, but they want to make you think that they're trying to help or they're genuinely trying to get support and nobody will do it. I will be there pushing for it. Accountability all the way from every single three-letter agency to our to our military and to hold these people accountable. I mean, this is all a, the um, the National Childhood Vaccine Act back with with Reagan. That's part of this. There was no you say during the time where it was an EUA vaccine. The problem is, is it was always an EUA vaccine. Even when they said that it was FDA approved, there were no FDA approved uh, shots available. So that was in August of 2021 where they said it was approved. You could not go to a pharmacy and find a vial of Comirnaty or Spikevax. They were not available. Yeah, those are two names I've never even heard. Well, those are the FDA approved. And in order to be legally the FDA approved version, they need to be labeled in conjunction with the FDA licensure. Now, the other other name included. The other thing is, is when they did... eventually start pumping out something labeled community, it went to the DOD facilities only, the military facilities only. And that's because they knew that they were facing a similar instance to what happened with the anthrax vaccine in uh, Doe versus Rumsfeld, where the government had to stop making the service members take the anthrax vaccine because it was EUA. You cannot force an EUA product on military members. And you will get people that will, that will claim that, okay, well, the community that they eventually came out with and labeled was the same thing that was on the market. They just had to get a label after the after they had the approval. No, the fact is, is one was dilute and one was do not dilute. You can't tell me that's the same 
that's the same formulation. So it is not the same regardless of what we've been told. And we have, the wool has been pulled over our eyes, similarly to how we were told, okay, it's going to prevent this, prevent you from getting it and stop the spread. And then it became, well, it's a 90% chance that it will prevent you from getting it. And it will mostly stop the spread. And at this point, we know it pretty much doesn't do anything. They just, um, they just keep pushing their talking points, their media and the people on the left or the people whose pride is too great to acknowledge it don't want to, to see the writing on the wall that we've been had. Mm-hmm. So the, the, you brought up the efficacy. They, they told us that it was 95, had 95% efficacy against the virus. Well, it, they were playing word games. And if you listen to Peter McCullough, what he was saying when he actually read the medical journal, he said they're talking about relative efficacy, not absolute efficacy, meaning they had a, a previous version of the vaccine and that vaccine they put out was 95% better against the virus, uh, 95% better against the virus than the previous one. Not that it was 95% effective against the virus itself. Right. And I thought when he, when he started breaking down those types of, you know, I, I understood exactly what he was saying, but he, he went on to say, so that actually comes out to be calculable to about 1% effectiveness against the virus. That's it. And we know a lot of people that got those vaccines um, ended up still in the hospital. They ended up still getting sick. They ended up still passing it on. Um, and, and in the meantime, you're playing with a vaccine that was created uh and during its testing period, every animal that it was tested on the mRNA technology, not necessarily this application of it, but the mRNA technology when developed, uh, shortened the lifespan, dramatically shortened the lifespan of every animal that it was tested on. And, and this was the, one of the reasons, this was the thing that scared me. Also, um, the fact that it, 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 it was gene therapy. It, it was manipulating the DNA and the way that it got into your uh, bloodstream and into uh, and stay in there without it being attacked by, and this is just me not being in medical school, but just listening to the data points spoken of by people who know better than I that um, that it had metals within the vaccine that it, it used to protect whatever spike protein that it was trying to uh, simulate in your DNA to make your body look like, hey, I already have uh, the virus. I already have had it. And and as opposed to actually the way historically we've done this is give you a small bit of the illness and let you develop antibodies. Um, we wanted to simulate that. And by what started off as a technology, the DNA manipulation technology called CRISPR, and then developed into what we see now. And it's dangerous because we don't know uh, person to person, obviously, I mean, my wife is a testament to that, how it truly affects us or how it will affect the children we have or now the children we can't have because those numbers are very high too. Uh, miscarriages and people now that are having issues as well, uh, which also happened in my family. My daughter had a, 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 a miscarriage. And this is, I mean... <laughs> It's amazing to me that when you talk about these things, um, they want to put a tinfoil hat on you or label you as, as some type of uh, never vax person. And uh, But I tell you what, I'm scared to death to get a vaccine from this point forward. I stopped getting flu shots, everything, because you ruined the trust that I had in you. I don't trust you no more. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. Um, and this is this is the danger with what they did 
And do you see that mentality being more prevalent? Are you talking to people like I am and hearing, I'm, I'm good, I'm not getting any vaccines anymore? Absolutely. And that is actually something I've talked about extensively over the past year with people within the military community. We've been fighting this for the past couple of years. So when I'm talking to people, whether it's at, you know, I just meet them somewhere or whether it's at a political event and we get on this topic, I will say the medical community did itself a great injustice by forcing this on people because I know so many people that will not ever take another vaccine vaccine again, no matter how it's developed. And, and that is in and of itself, that shouldn't be that way. We should be able to trust our medical community. Our medical community was supposed to be able to help benefit our health, not, not be a detriment. And as someone who relies on medicine daily, I, I have um, a thyroid issue. So I take Synthroid every morning. Synthroid. Yeah. My wife as well. Same thing. Synthroid. Uh, and, and that's the thing. We need it. So, and that, that also ties into why there might never well, you be. You pay for Centroid. If there were. When you go to the pharmacy, I you pay see. for it. They're not giving it away at Krispy Kremes. Well, and, and they're, you're, you're, you know, out here we have dispensaries everywhere. They were giving people uh, what they called, they had jabs for joints. Like you don't see that with people that are epileptic. You know, you don't, you don't right. see that with people who have diabetes. They're not giving away your medications for free. And you're getting free donuts on the side. You, we have to go to the pharmacy and pay for it. it was another reason I'm like, there's something problem. There's a problem here. There's something going on here. That was all done it, through the DOD, but that that's that is a whole other topic. I could I could send some people to talk to you about as well. But um, I also think it's worth noting that with all of these EUA things, masks, masks, and um, the tests, they were never FDA approved either. Those were all issued under emergency use authorization and our oh, you military mean the, PC, the PCR tests, all of them, every you couldn't, there was no such thing as an FDA approved test. Masks mm -hmm. were not FDA approved for the use of preventing COVID. So when they're forcing these things on the military community, which is illegal to do, you cannot force EUA products. Again, you cannot force EUA products on to service members. It's, it's against the mm -hmm. law. We have a friend. His this was the reason for the declaration of military accountability that just went out as well. That, right? Yes. Which, which, um, as you know, I was a signatory on our, uh, we have a friend, Mark Bashaw, who is actually, he was let go of. You got to it before I did. I was, I had him on my list. <laughs> well, I hope he wasn't too far down that list. He was the very uh, the, next the, the, thing. Here, look, I, I'll prove it to you. Look, I'm honest. He was the next one. <laughs> He's the next one. I'm a mind ahead, reader. I'm ahead. a mind reader. Good. It's the synthroid. It gives me special powers. Um, just kidding. It's my tinfoil hat. There you um, go. So, so Mark w ended up going to court martial and um, he was found guilty on all three charges of basically disobeying a lawful order, which it was not. It was not a lawful order. So it doesn't matter how many times you say it, it's still not true. And he he was, because he would not wear a mask and because he would not do testing, because eventually we all know that the NDAA kind of got rid of the, the, the you had the shot mandate part, but because he wouldn't do those other things, he, he was eventually separated from the military with 17 plus years in, and I, I think it's worth noting that Mark's 
um, prosecuting team was led by Yevgeny Vindman, who is Alexander Vindman's twin brother. These two men uh, both served in the army and are not heroes. And Yevgeny Vindman is running for a congressional seat in Virginia District 7. And his uh, Republican opponent, Cameron Hamilton, has stood against the mandates since the very beginning. Uh, he was He's a former Navy SEAL. And he is an overall patriot and a fighter. And and um, I would I cannot wait to see Cameron crush Vinman in that I, election. I will be uh, interviewing Cameron as well. We've been in contact. Cameron's an amazing man, and it's mm-hmm. I, we need fighters like Cameron in office. Well, l- let me ask you this: a lot of these companies, Pfizer, Moderna, and many other drug companies, have people that sit on the board of the CDC. They're responsible for voting on and approving these medications. This is the fox guarding the hen house in such a way that I mean, this is this is back asterisk. I've never ever thought in a million years that you would allow the people with whom's medications, uh, how they make their living decide whether or not their medication would go to market. Um, do you, do you not see this as the head of the snake? No, actually I was just thinking about this exact thing this morning because it's the same way that politics are run, that, that politicians are, are chosen. It's essentially within the family, right? So it's mm-hmm. either you're in the family or you're not in the family. You're going to get your next, uh, your next head of Moderna or the FDA or CDC, all from the same pool of people. You're, and that's exactly what they do with politics. We are the outsiders. So the only way to fix this is by, by getting to the inside, but we have to open eyes to do it. And absolutely right. They, they are. And it's just funny that you bring that up because I, I was quite actually thinking about how many people have made the move between a government position and um, you, a, a pharmaceutical company and NIH, CDC, FDA, you name it. And I, we've been to the NIH. We've participated in a study there and we participated mm-hmm. for years. And it was actually the year of, I, I feel like it was the year COVID broke out. So late 2019 was when COVID happened. So it must've been July of 2019 was I think the last year that we went to participate in the study at NIH. And this was a study on the adrenal glands. And we had been doing it for a handful of years leading up to that situation. And when they asked us to come back, I said, you know what I found, I figured out about you guys, you don't actually want to improve or make progress in adrenal gland issues. You just want grant money. You just want to be able to to profit off of this because we do the same thing every year and although you say some things are interesting there's never any follow-up there's never any mm-hmm. there's there's never any progress that that happens it's really just the same thing just so you can get a paycheck at the end of the day so no i don't want to participate anymore they actually just wrote back to me and i i feel it was in, over the summer and said hey are you willing to come back i ignored it i ignored it at this point it's if you do not want to benefit people that are actually having medical issues. If we do not want to make progress, then what are you doing? What is your MO? Cause corporate medicine, I will not be a part of it. I refuse to be a part of it. Yeah. It's corporate medicine. It's the same thing with corporations and the lobbyists and the special interest groups that run our government. It's, it, it's the corporatocracy. And 
people need to remember who it is they're representing. They're supposed, you know, when you when you go and you're and you're in that position. This is this kind of why I like Trump so much because here's a guy who got poorer. I mean, he, obviously Trump's well well to do, but to you know lose money and to willingly go through the things that he's been put through and continue to fight. Um, this is one of the main reasons that that I support him. Uh, and this is. You know, this is your MO too. I don't know if you realize it or not, but this is, you're giving the same vibes. You're doing the same things. You got, you're, you, you, you may view yourself as the underdog, the outsider, um, that is trying to fight your way in. But I guarantee you, if exposed, uh, to enough people who actually hear you talk, like I looked at your videos, I've looked at your previous interviews, uh, you know, I get the same exact vibe from you. I, I get a trustworthy America first. Uh, candidate that's going to go there and call uh, call everyone out on what they are doing and what they're not doing. And you, I think you have a very uh, good grip on who it is you are and what you should be doing, and you have a clear vision for what you want to see done. And you're not tied to any of those groups or beholden to any of the people um, that are backing the people that we obviously think are wearing masks. Figured. Absolutely. Yeah, so... <laughs> so. I, yeah, I think I, I'm that, glad. You're, you're right. <laughs> that I, this is not my dream. I did not aspire to be a politician. I, as a matter of fact, am quite happy or was quite happy being with my family, being with my children, taking care of my husband. And um, when, when they need me, I'm there, I'm ready to go at the drop of a dime. And instead of being able to, to finish off our, raising of our, rearing our children and being that person, that person that my husband and I decided when we were getting married that he was going to continue with the military and I was going to be the stay-at-home mom and the one to make sure that all the domestic issues are taken care of. I didn't have to do that. I had Careful, all the feminists will hate you. All the feminists is, are going to hate you. Which you is trad wife. Yeah. I've already been called this <laughs> by a woman in 20, I was telling mm. someone else this today, by a woman in 2018 uh, in Gettysburg, I was called a misogynist because I told so, some young woman about 10 years younger than I am that I had voted for Trump. So I was a misogynist, but I was completely happy with my life. We were all completely mm. happy with our lives in this household. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't need to give that up. I don't want to give that up, but I don't know if I, if I don't fight for my children and for my husband, because he can't do it, he was, he was thinking about running. Uh, but, you know, the Hatch Act kind of prevents that even if he's on his way out yeah. of the military. If I don't do it, who is going to do it? Because people don't want to do it. People don't. They know the pressure that people in the public eye get. And I am a private person. I do want to live my life uh, privately. I don't particularly like attention. But if I'm not fighting, who is going to fight? Now, my husband, when you say Trump lost money in order to be our president, and I, I also respect that so greatly, my husband has put his whole career on the line. He had yeah. 19 years in of active duty when he said no Amazing. to this shot. And he said no with my full support. We were very mm -hmm. close to losing his pension. We were, yeah, I was going to just bring that, that up right now. Clear that he did too. <laughs> Told you it's the tinfoil hat. 
Right. It gives me special powers. Um, when he had three reserve years in there, so he was going to make it to a reserve pension regardless because you, you get that at mm-hmm. 60 opposed to getting it when you first leave the service. But in order yeah. to get his active duty pension, you need to hit 20 years, which he will hit this October if God willing he makes it. But I was not willing to put his life on the line just so I could no. uh, you know, get the benefits How could you? of him. How could you look at yourself at in the benefit. mirror? Yeah. How, no, how could I, you I ever can't. stare, look I've at yourself in the mirror, people. live with yourself? Yeah. You yeah. do not. Uh, I, I'll be talking. I'll be talking to a few people who have lost folks uh, behind it. Um, Julie Butte as well. I'll, I'll be I'll be uh, inter- interviewing her uh, this coming week. And same thing. She lost her mother. So uh, we I can't we, imagine. No, nah, no. We and and this is why. The best leaders are those who do it because they have to, not because they want to. You're not seeking a career in politics. Uh, you feel compelled to to do what you're doing and, and for a very good cause, and and we absolutely will back you. Well, let me give you the last word. I've kept you long enough. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? Well, I think that that brings up a good point with me not seeking um, – to be a career politician, I also believe in term limits. So when you said ah, that, I was like, go. I gotta, I gotta add that in because, because it is very important that people realize that if we're going to have term limits for president, we should have term limits for everything else. Congressional staff should also not be there permanently. There is a lot more, um, you know, I, I'm very responsive within a week. Hopefully I can get back to people because things are getting very busy and we're doing a lot more work now, but you can contact me on Twitter or I'm sorry, on X, uh, at Mara Macy. That's M-A-C. Mara is M-A-R-A. You should probably say that too. <laughs> M-A-C-I-E. I'm so used to spelling my last name because everybody all of this, it. All of this is going to be in the description of this video as well. So, All right. Well, check out the description of the video. And I am free <laughs> to, to answer any questions. I don't have anybody telling me what to say or what I can and cannot say. So don't think that if you... You asked me something that I'm not going to be honest. I will be honest with you. And and I have been honest in the past and told people, listen, I can't support what you want me to support because that's not who I am. So, so I'm here for your questions. And, and if you have um, the, the desire to contribute to my campaign, that would be greatly appreciated because we would love to save the $10,440 in qualifying fees, especially since part of that goes back to the Republican Party and the Republican Party will probably end up using it against me in my campaign. So I'd greatly appreciate it. No problem. You know, we're, we're going to put that in the, in the description as well. As you can see right up there at the top of the video, you have, you got our website right there and you can go there at maramacyforcongress.com. And, uh, as usual, the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer podcast, guys. Thanks, you guys buddy. have a great week. Under attack. They ban us. They cancel us for speaking the fact.